Hello and welcome to this D episode of the Christmas Alphabet podcast, where we explore Christmas in alphabetical order. If you listen to this as it's released, then we've just moved out of the 12 days of Christmas and into E for Epiphany. Uh, but you'll have to wait a couple of weeks for that because I'm still on the letter D. I'm Wayne. I'm your host on this podcast with a passion for all things Christmas. Spiritual and secular, old and new, local and worldwide, all year round. We have a British perspective on Christmas, but we're taking the whole world. Every episode we look at topics relating to Christmas, starting with one letter of the alphabet. There's a new episode every two weeks, so 26 episodes will take us through one whole year. Please subscribe so you get every episode coming straight to your phone or device. If this is your first foray into this podcast, then you could go back and listen to the first three episodes. But it's okay to listen out of alphabetical order. So, welcome. It's good to have you with us. Hi, special hi to Scott from the Jingle Jank podcast. Take a listen to that if you never have. Uh, Scott gave me some really nice feedback from the previous episode and some helpful advice. Thank you, Scott. And for everyone, please do get back to me with any comments and I'll give you a mention here on the Christmas Alphabet podcast. This is the Christmas Alphabet podcast and D is for Dickens, Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens is, according to the 2017 film, the man who invented Christmas. That's a great film, I love it, but no, he didn't. Dickens didn't invent Christmas, but he was part of a movement, particularly in the 1840s, that defined the secular Christmas in Britain and in America in a way that still matters today. What Dickens wrote did shape the way we think of Christmas today. The main element of that was to connect Christmas to the family and a general sense of goodwill to all. Charles Dickens, still a young man but already a celebrated novelist, had visited New York in 1842. I think that's important because in New York at that time there was a Christmas revival already underway. And then the next year, in his home nation, he spoke in the city of Manchester, where I now live, about abject poverty that he saw both in Britain and America. And he decided to use the talents and celebrity he had to write a Christmas book to highlight the issues of child poverty. That was a defining moment. That was in October 1843. And in six weeks, he wrote the book and published it. The book we know as A Christmas Carol. I'm sure you know, but A Christmas Carol tells the story of a miser called Ebenezer Scrooge, who calls Christmas Bar Humbug, until he's visited by four spirits who awaken his conscience and his Christmas spirit. If you've never actually read the book, then please do so. Don't just rely on any of the film versions, the best of which is, of course, the Muppet Christmas Carol. I kid you not. The book A Christmas Carol sold out quickly, though it didn't make Dickens much money, as he'd spent so much on the printing and illustrations. 
and he made nothing at all from the many stage adaptations that quickly appeared in London theatres. But uh, the book did revive his writing, which was lagging a bit, and it gave him a second career, reading out his works to eager live audiences on both sides of the Atlantic. Dickens went on to write many more Christmas stories, pretty much one every year. The next one was called The Chimes, and that's worth reading, but it doesn't have the lively vitality of A Christmas Carol. The best of the rest is The Cricket on the Hearth. Uh, Dickens became so associated with Christmas that when he died, a little girl in London asked, Mr Dickens dead? Then will Father Christmas die too? D is for Dickens. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And D is for decorations. People have been decorating their homes at Christmas since before Christmas, when there were already midwinter festivals. The winter solstice has been associated with evergreens for thousands of years, with holly, ivy, mistletoe and fir cones that have been used to make houses look brighter and more alive during the darkest days of the Northern Hemisphere. These were always associated with fertility and new life and growth through the winter. And we'll come back to some of those later in the alphabet. I wonder what your memories are of decorating your house or your place at Christmas when you were younger. I remember when I was young making paper chains out of small strips of paper with one end that you had to lick to join it to the next one. You know what I mean? You started with a small pile of paper and in no time you had a glorious chain of colour that said Christmas is on its way. In our house these went up along the living room wall along with some other paper strips that were made out of crepe paper. We had some old chains of lights in our family and each light had been made into the shape of a little Christmas figure, either a, a tree or a Father Christmas or a snowman or, or something else. Uh, they were our lights that came out every year when I was a child. They were never hung on the tree. They were strung along the top of the window so the neighbours could see that Christmas had arrived in our home. The other things I remember from my childhood were big paper balls that came out of their box, all folded down flat. When you got them out, they looked like boring cardboard semicircles. But when you unpacked them, as you opened them out, something magical appeared. Inside the boards was a, a structure of tissue paper that formed a perfect coloured ball that caught the light as you hung it from the ceiling. Anyone else remember those? Those were just gorgeous Christmas decorations of my childhood. One tradition of Christmas that preserves the old idea of Christmas lasting for 12 days is that when you've put the decorations up, they have to stay up, and that includes the Christmas tree, you have to keep them up for the whole 12 days of Christmas and then take them down on Twelfth Night, January the 5th. And it was always considered wrong or unlucky to take your decks down early or to still have them up on January the 6th when Christmas gave way to Epiphany. 
you had to take them down at just the right time on Twelfth Night. There is an earlier tradition, though, that Christmas continues until Candlemas on February the 2nd. So if you've still got your decorations up, hey, keep them up as long as you like, I reckon. Decorations are an integral part of Christmas. D is for decorations. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. We're doing the letter D today, and D is for the date of Christmas Day. D is the date of Christmas, and this one is a minefield. Uh, I'm going to step carefully in this because I just anticipate all the people who will be shouting at their pod player saying, no, you've got it wrong. Mm. Christmas is on December the 25th because that's when Jesus was born in the year zero, right? Well, no. Well, for a start, there wasn't a year zero. There just wasn't. When they started calculating the years the way we do now, they missed out zero entirely. And they got that wrong, actually, because the whole BC and AD system was worked out by a monk called Dionysus Exiguus, great name, in the 500s. And it was made popular by a writer called the Venerable Bede. And Dionysus got the date of the birth of Jesus wrong by a few years. Uh, He didn't have access to all the history that we have these days. And we now know that Jesus was born a few years BC, maybe 4 BC or 7 BC. So Jesus Christ was born before Christ. And the date of December the 25th? Well, that's not likely the date of Jesus' birthday in whatever year he was born. Some people still argue that the date is the right one, and you can go down all sorts of rabbit holes online if you want to look that one up, but uh, it probably isn't. In Bible times, people just didn't celebrate birthdays like we do. The only birthdays that we say celebrated in the Bible are by tyrants, uh, bad people like Herod or Pilate. Most historians these days now consider that the date of the celebration of the nativity of Christ was chosen for one of two reasons. One theory is that the date was chosen to fit with midwinter celebrations that were already party time in the Roman world. The best known of those is Saturnalia. And there was a theory that began in the Middle Ages that said, that's why we have Christmas on December the 25th, because that's when the Romans were celebrating Saturnalia. Except that there really isn't a lot of early evidence for that. And if Christmas didn't start getting celebrated until about 300 and something, then probably the Romans weren't celebrating Saturnalia by then. The second theory is that December the 25th is nine months after March the 25th, which is the traditional date of the conception of Jesus which coincides with the traditional date for the death of Jesus at the Jewish Passover festival. And some people have said that is why December the 25th was seen as his birth date. And to be honest, both theories might be true and sort of come together on the same date. We don't really know. In my church this year, we sang about Christmas Day being the birthday of Jesus. And I thought, "Mm, oh no, it isn't really. But, you know, 
It's like the Queen, who has an official birthday as well as a real birthday, so I didn't say anything. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today we're looking at all things Christmas, starting with the letter D. We're coming towards the end now. Uh, we're going to finish with a song story as usual. But first, those things that nearly made it into this podcast that you might want to have a think about but didn't quite get there. D is for Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly, which is a, a Welsh carol about yule logs and greenery. Great song with lots of fa-la-la-la-las in it. We might come back to that one. We could have found space for D for department stores a place where lots of people still go to buy their presents and really kick-started the whole idea of Santa's Grotto or Father Christmas World or Grotto, as it tends to be called over here. The world's first Christmas Grotto was in Lewis's Bon Marche department store in Liverpool in England, whatever some American department stores might claim. That was in 1879 when Liverpool had the first Christmas grotto in a department store. Another D we might have found time for is D for Do They Know It's Christmas? Spoilers, yes they do. That's the Band-Aid charity song first released in 1984 to raise money for famine in Ethiopia. But instead of all those, we're finishing this D episode of the Christmas Alphabet podcast, as we often do with the traditional song. This is the Christmas Alphabet podcast, and D is for Ding Dong Merrily on High. We always finish this podcast with a Christmas song, and my song for today is a very D song. Ding Dong Merrily on High. It's a song written to fit an old tune with some deceptively old-sounding words that are not old at all, really. The tune comes from the 1500s or earlier. It was first recorded under the name of The Official's Dance in French in a dance book of 1588 and was known as a lively dance tune for centuries. It's a great tune. I love to play it on my penny whistle. The words, though... Uh, although they may sound old, were written in the 20th century, first published in 1924. They're the work of a man called George Ratcliffe Woodward. He wrote the song for a book of carols he was publishing. Woodward was born in Birkenhead on the Wirral and was a vicar in London and Ipswich. He studied the history of Christmas carols all his life, a man after my own heart, and he copied the style of old carols into his own writings. Another of his carols you might just know is Past Three O'Clock. Past Three O'Clock. You know that one? It's based on the call of the traditional London waits or street singers. And like Ding Dong, he wrote the words for this to a traditional tune and made up some old-sounding words to try to take us back in time. George Woodward was also a bell ringer in his church, and that was the inspiration of Ding Dong. He brought the traditions of British change ringing, as it's known, into his carol. Ding Dong catches the sound of the church bells, which he reckons ring in heaven as they do in English parish churches. (laughs) Good old English vicar thinks that heaven is like an English parish church. 
The whole song is about bell ringing. In the second verse, we get the steeple bells being swungen and carols being sungen in mock archaic language that isn't Old English at all. But it's fun to sing. The song that the priests and people sing, the I-O, 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 is not the same as the seven dwarfs going off to work. Sometimes it's pronounced E-O, 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 and there isn't really a right or wrong way of saying it. It's a phrase that sort of means hooray or cheers or whatever you'd say to express joy. It's nonsense, really, uh, but it's fun. In the third verse, we see the ringers getting their bells ready to ring out the chimes of the morning and the evening. Uh, It's a bell ringers song. But one thing, where's Christmas in here? Well, nowhere. If you want a song about bell ringing in the English style, then this is the song for you, with some Latin words of praising God. But a Christmas song? Well, no, not really. Just like that other bell song, Jingle Bells. What has kept Ding Dong popular is the way you sing the chorus, with its 33 notes on one syllable. Uh, And it's a challenge to singers to do it all in one breath. It's more of a game than a song, which is fair enough. D is for Ding Dong Merrily on High, a classic Christmas carol that's not very Christmassy and not very classic, but it's fun. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and we're coming to the end of our episode for the letter D. All music on this podcast is in the public domain or used for review purposes. Please subscribe to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Please get your friends to subscribe. Please share this new venture. Christmas Alphabet's becoming part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Please do support other members of the Christmas Podcast Network. If you're fans of podcasts and of Christmas then do seek out the Christmas Podcast Network. There's even a Christmas Podcast podcast, uh, which you might want to subscribe to, which will let you know what's coming up in the various Christmas podcasts that are out there. If you want to get more into this podcast, then you can follow us on all the social medias at Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook, at Christmas Alpha on Twitter, Christmas Alphabet on Instagram. Give us a follow on whichever social place you prefer. If you get in touch, I'll give you a mention. Our website is christmasalphabet.com and you can send me a note through the socials or by email. That's wayne at christmasalphabet.com. I think that's all the housekeeping. I'll be back in two weeks with E for Epiphany and Evergreens and other Christmas ease. Please subscribe and please spread the word. Thank you. Have a happy epiphany and may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round.